Bueller. 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 fan podcast where we overanalyze the John Hughes classic Ferris Bueller's Day Off one minute at a time. I'm Gary Roby. I'm Victoria Cope. And we have Crystal Beth with us once more. Welcome back, Crystal. Yay! Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. We're happy to have you. Thank you so much for coming back. Today, we are talking about minute number 98. Minute 98 starts with Ferris throwing a baseball, and it ends with a mother's kiss. Aww. Aww, that's a sweet way to say that. Right. <laughs> They're, uh, they want to care for him. They come, they come in the room and, well, okay, so before they even come in the room. So, so we had this very tail end of, like, Ferris gets into bed and he finally made it and he pushed the mannequin out and, like, the parents are coming into the bedroom, but, like, he's, he's safe. And then we hear that the, the, the snoring track, his, like, uh, little thing that he set up before he left that morning is still going. Yeah. And so, uh, okay. So he pulls, he pulls a baseball out of his pocket. Like, has he been keeping it in his pants pocket all day? Yeah, that's the one thing I didn't. I was like, where did he just grab that? Maybe it was in the butt of his pocket. Maybe the butt of his pocket. But he was like pocket butt. But he was like drive. Like he like drove Cameron's car earlier. Like he would have been sitting on. He ran home with it in his pants pocket. Like I just, it seems so like. It seems absurd to yeah. me. It, you're not wrong. <laughs> if he had pulled it from his... If he still was wearing the jacket, I'd be like, okay, like I'm sure that maybe his jacket pocket could be big enough for, for a baseball, but like, yeah. I don't think I could put a... I don't think I could fit a baseball in, a, in my jeans pocket. Yeah, no, that... Even like... Even if you try it, and if you do, it's so uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, it'd be such a pain to, like, walk around, like, I don't know, I don't know. So he pulls this, he produces this baseball from God knows where. It's, uh, and it's the one that he caught. If Ferris hadn't caught the baseball at the game earlier, he wouldn't have been able to turn off the snore track. It's true. I wonder if he would have grabbed the, the mummy, um, the mummy, the dummy little mannequin. on the floor and just, like, <laughs> thrown that. It's still so loud, like, regardless of whether, like, what he, like, he throws something. Also, that's got amazing aim, because he throws it at just the right button yeah. to turn it off. And it's damaging. Yeah, it doesn't break it, like, what? That's a baseballs are heavy. And, and this is, like, expensive equipment. He throws this baseball at this thing. And then it also, not only, not only is he such a good throw that he hits the off switch, but then it bounce, the baseball rolls away and lands in the glove, like in the in the catcher's mitt. He's just having the luckiest day. Ferris Bueller's superpower is luck. He's just he everything works for him. It's so crazy. Jealous. Mm-hmm. That's not how my life works. Nope, me neither. Again though, like the his parents are like in the process of opening the door. Like they would hear that. They don't react to it, but they would no. totally hear it. They're also, like you were saying before, they are incredibly just unaware of what's happening in their world. Yeah, absolutely. They're kind of oblivious to, to all of it, to everything. 
which is how I feel like some parents are. They just, they're like, well, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I get that. I had a friend of mine, actually, now that I think about it, like, I had a friend of mine when I was in middle school who I used to hang out, all the, hang out with all the time. And, like, his parents would be home, but there was never any sort of, we would just be like, oh, like, we're going to go do whatever. And they just like, nah. And we just leave. We would leave the house and just go do whatever we were going to do. And, like, no one ever questioned. Yeah. But, like, if I was at my house, like, my mom was like, where are you going? Who are you going to be with? When are you going to be back? What phone number can I reach you at? Like, the yep. whole nine yards, right? Like, Same. Mm-hmm. So I just, I don't know. Like. I Yeah, I don't understand that. I had a bunch of friends like that as well. And that those were the friends' houses I would go to because I knew no grown-ups would really be there to care. Yeah. Um, but. At my house, my mom was like, uh, you're not leaving. Yeah. What are you thinking? Where do you think you're going? But I mean, these parents are very loving. They don't really not care. They're so loving. Yeah. Like, they're so, they're, mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Exactly. They, they baby Ferris so much that it's, it blinds them to this kind of they don't manipulative, this kid that he is. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then Ferris returns to his little baby, his like baby talk that we talked about way back in week one, Victoria. Yes. He's like nodding your head. No one can see you nodding your head. <laughs> yeah, it's really adorable. I, don't... I, I think it's so sure. cute. I think he's so good at it. I'm like, oh. It's a little, there's a, I think there's a line where it's like a little heavy handed. And I think we got more of it at the beginning of the movie when, like, when he was playing up that he was sick and he couldn't go to school. When he's doing, like, a lot of the, the kind of, like, um, like gibberish kind of babbling at them a little bit. Uh-huh. Whereas here it's not so bad, but I don't know. He's... It's almost like he, like, regresses. Like, he's not behaving like this 18-year-old about-to-graduate kid, like... He's like a little boy in I there. Think that well, maybe it's because they see him that way too. Right. He like he takes needs, advantage of that. Right. He's playing off it. He's like, I know that this affects my parents, so I'm going to act like this. Yeah. And it, disar- it, it disarms it them too, you know? So they're not like, even if they were worried, they're like, oh, he's so cute now. He's so yeah. cute. Aw. In my opinion, baby talk is never cute. I don't, I don't even like when people baby talk babies because you're not supposed to. No, you're supposed no, to talk you're supposed to, them to, talk like to them humans. like they're... Yeah. 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 So I think I think the whole concept of baby talk is... Doesn't really serve a purpose other than being like sickeningly like <laughs> super cute for no reason other than to bother the people around you. Let me tell you the worst. Yeah. There's couples that do it too and I'm just yes. like... I'm, I'm like, get there off you, it. I'm like, you. you were two adults. Uh-huh. Grow the hell up. Talk normal, like you sound stupid, yeah. like just outright, like no, like I will not be around you if this is what I have to. The schmoopy, no, 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 I don't need oh, to. Do it. I don't God. need. It. I don't like need to get out of my face to each other. Yes. Yeah, it's disgusting. Like it's, I can kind of accept it here because it is Ferris and his parents, but like even that, like Ferris, you're old enough to not. I don't care if it does manipulate them. It's just like, for them, they should be like, look, like, you're 17. Like, you probably no, shouldn't be doing that anymore. You know what? Like, he's there. He, they see him as their baby. 
And I think that like I'm that's an only child. Detriment. I'm an only child, and I am my mom's baby. And even yeah, but, this uh, is not but, like uh, your, acceptable. Your mom is not. I I no, I don't I don't I mean I I have only met your mom like once. Right. But I don't ever see your mom being like like this tender like oh are you okay like coming in and checking in on you when you're in bed and sick right. and like that like like super lovey dovey kind of way. No, that's I mean my mom. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm so against the parents and Ferris because my mom didn't love me. Oh, that's <laughs> not what I mean. my, my mom didn't love me enough and I wasn't trusted if if the school called my mom and told her this that and the other. Oh, she, I would She wouldn't have. believe me. She'd believe yeah. the school. Mm. Um so like I apologize if I've been really quiet this week. But after the first day I was I was done over the concept of parents. <laughs> yeah. I understand. They come in and fair and, and and his mom says like she she comments on that that he's still warm. Mm-hmm. And they're worried that like he's still sick. And like I think his dad tells him not to overdo it. Ferris sort of said what's it's interesting that she comments that he's still warm because this morning the first thing that she said to Tom was that, like, he doesn't have a fever. Yeah. But he says his stomach's, his stomach hurts and he's seeing spots. But he's, you know, he just ran... This works out for him because he just ran home and had this whole, like, race sequence last week. And now, now he's, like, flushed and he's sweating and he's got, like... It feels like he has a fever because his temperature is high and... Do you think that Ferris is going to stay home again tomorrow? He uh, says, like... It could be one of those things where he's going to want to go to school tomorrow and the parents are going to be like, no, you have to stay home. He's gonna well, be I like, think that that's sort I... of what happens here. Yeah. Because he says, like, I want to go to school. I'm graduating in a few months. And his dad is like, don't overdo it. Yeah. And, and so... He, yeah, I think that, that, that would happen that case, they would my insist. mom would be like, you have to stay home. And I'd be like, oh, but I have a cheerleading competition tomorrow. And that'd be kind of her uh, get back at me. About, oh, uh, like yeah, you like you played out. hooky yesterday, but now like now that you want to go, no, like you're you're sick. You've got to stay home. Yeah, that's an interesting. It kind of turned the table a little bit. Yeah, I think that only happened once though. <laughs> I don't um. I don't remember any cases where like I wanted to go to school and my mom insisted that I stayed home. Yeah, I can't think of that happening. Yeah, me Off neither. I guess that my mom would be like, yeah, maybe that didn't happen. Maybe I'm just thinking it did. I don't know. <laughs> it feels like, it feels very believable. Like, especially because, like, the way that it happens in this minute, like, yeah, I could totally, I could totally see, like, them sort of insisting that he stay home tomorrow, even though it's going to be his 10th absence at this point. And now tomorrow, Rooney can't do anything, like... What happens if Rooney goes into into school tomorrow and, and it turns out that Ferris isn't there? Like, he's already spent all of today hunting him down and, like, having probably one of the worst days of his career. Yeah. Oh, man. I don't know what, uh, I don't know what tomorrow would be like for him. I don't know if he's going to go to school tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. He might, he might I don't have know. to take the day off. Maybe, maybe, uh, Edward Rooney's day off. I'd be into that. <laughs> he needs it after, after. It'd be so boring. This, uh, right? What do you think, what do you think Rooney would do on his day off? 
Taxes. Ew. Something boring. It's probably something boring. Yeah. I wonder if he has any hobbies. Probably not. It's probably something weird like watchmaking or... Yeah, I can see him like tinkering over something like a, like model making or something like tiny, something like that. Like that's just sort of a so mindless kind of, yeah, yeah. He obsesses he, over something and he just does it till it's done. I could see that. He's got like little like figures that he's putting together and painting or whatever. Who yeah. Knows? Who knows? Maybe he plays chess with himself. You know, like he's just one of those guys that chesses it up all the time. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I think, I don't know if I, maybe I'm just underestimating Rooney's. I feel like playing chess, especially playing chess with yourself, is something like incredibly, like it seems like really intellectual. And and Rooney doesn't strike me as that kind of guy. Yeah. I don't know. But that could be one of those things where he's not that intellectual, but for some reason his brain, but because he's so obsessive, can really focus on that sort on of... On like that sort of... Okay. Yeah. Sure. Or maybe he wants that. to be good at these things, and he's trying really hard when he gets home, but he's bad at it. Aww. Just everything works out really poorly for Rooney. Yeah. That makes sense. Today wasn't actually out of the ordinary for him. He watches Bob Ross and tries to paint, but all his stuff looks terrible. Aww. Oh. I, I feel for him. He's such a sad, sad guy. He, he is a sad guy. I do feel for him a bit. I don't know. I go back and forth on how I, how I feel about Rooney. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the movie is made for you to not sympathize for him. Yeah. But- at the same we can time, project. you're just like this poor guy. Like, oh. all he wanted to do was catch this kid. This kid who was actually... Like, he was right. Like, Rooney was right the whole time. Ferris is playing hooky. Same with Genie. Like, they were both right. And uh, and it just doesn't work out for them. Yeah. It's like the world is against them. Figuring out the, what's really going on. Right. Oh. Aw. So... Jeannie, not Jeannie. So Katie tells, asks Ferris, like, how'd you get to be so sweet? And Ferris goes, years of practice. And he does this, like, grin, this cute, yeah, yes. But parents love that if they love their kid. Oh, he's just, they, he's their baby. He thinks, he acts like he's so adorable and they just eat it up. It's nuts. Yeah. And he's like, you're his practice. And he's like, ha, ha, ha. And then she goes in for that little kiss. Uh-huh. And it's just, ugh. My mom would never fall for that shite at all. <laughs> She'd be like, nope, you're, you're up to something. Something not right here. What do you want? Yeah. What did you do? What did you do? Yeah, there you go. What did you do? so funny yeah my mom is very like suspicious i think in that way i think she's just not gullible it's not even like she doesn't trust me but she's like "Mm, i've i've played all these games yeah i'm not gonna fall for this bs yeah who do you think i am right uh i raised you i birthed you and i know when you're lying yes exactly exactly i'm a bad liar my eyes get all shifty and i start sweating and 
Yeah. Oh, I could see that. I get that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I, I definitely didn't. I think because there's so many of us in the house, like so many kids in my house that like my mom was just skeptical of all of us. And so like none yeah. of us really got away with anything. You're all up to something. Yeah. I'm like, I don't trust you as far as I could throw you. Yeah. I do love in this room the strategically placed clothing coming out of the drawers. Like, there's Mm. two drawers that have uh, two pieces of clothing just kind of falling out of them. And Uh. that would make me... I cannot stand when my drawers are uneven. I need them all shut completely. And this looks like a very specific thing chosen that Ferris Bueller would do. Just, like, deliberately having them, like... Just a little, just enough, just disheveled enough yeah. for the aesthetic. <laughs> yep. There we go. Yeah. I don't know. Mm. Everything in his room is, like, meticulous. There's so much going on in here. We talked very heavy in the first couple weeks about, like, just all the stuff that Ferris has. Yeah, it's a lot. It, it really is. Apparently, John Hughes, like, based Ferris's room a lot off, like, the way he, he decorated his own bedroom as a teenager. But, like... So cool. I was never, I used to have, like, some posters on the wall, but, like, I never went, like, this far. Like, we Same. moved a ton, so it was really hard to, like, go overboard with the decorating. Yeah, I also didn't buy stuff. Like, I didn't have... Same. Things. So, I had a really, I had a huge uh, movie theater size Titanic poster in my room. Ooh. I loved that movie. <laughs> It is a good one. Victoria, did you, like, I, I know that you're a collector, so that I know that, I know that you're, you tend to have a lot of, like, figures and knickknacks and, like, was your, what was your bedroom like when you were in high school? Did you have a lot of, like, posters on the wall and decorations and stuff like this? Like, how, how far did that go? I didn't have any posters. I had, um. Some glow-in-the-dark stars. I had a glow-in-the-dark stars that were, like, set up in my astrological sign. Nice. And uh, I had a shelf, shelves that had, like, several things on the shelves. Like, um, I had a SpongeBob alarm clock. and Nice. Um, and other little, like, things like that that I can't really, like, think what else was up there on the top of my head right now. Sure. When I was growing up, my mom was more of the person to uh, hang up posters. Okay. She had a, a dirty dancing poster. Nice. I remember Jennifer specifically. Gray. Yeah. Yep. I remember specifically being in her room. And um, and I don't remember what movie it was for, but it was for a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. Oh. She was a big fan of his. I actually, last time I went to go visit her, we watched a, a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie because that was something I used to watch. When I was younger was his movies when he was still actively making movies. Yeah. Not like now. I never really had like movie posters on my wall until I started working at a movie theater. But I do remember when I was like, when Phantom Menace came out, I had all the Phantom Menace merch that my oh, mom yeah. got because she worked at Blockbuster. So like all the stuff that they, all the promotional stuff they got ended up in my bedroom. And I was into it. The first posters I ever had were bought for me from from my mom. Oh. Um, when I turned like fourteen, she got me 
a poster for Jurassic Park. Oh, that's a good one. Because it's like one of my favorite movies. That is a good one. Um, and for and for Armageddon. And for Armageddon. Yeah. My mom has seen that movie. I don't know how many times. Like, I, I I think both me and her. By the time like I moved out of her place and in with my uh-huh. uh, my now husband, we could practically quote we can quote that whole movie like wow. by heart. She had watched it so many times. I love it. That makes me. Really I happy. like it. I know a lot of people like bag on it, like it's a bad movie, but I think it's fun. I like Ben Affleck. I like Bruce Willis. And I love Liv Tyler. So. I don't. Uh... And I love Steve. Buscemi and I, and I love Steve Buscemi because you know, yeah, Steve Buscemi going anything, and I'm fine. Like yep. my favorite Steve Buscemi movie is is Reservoir Dogs, which is also my favorite. Such a good one. Movie. I just love uh, the fact that he's all like, "Can I not be Mr. Pink? Like I just want to be anything else than Mr. Pink." Yeah. <laughs> It's like, oh, poor Steve Buscemi. I haven't, um, I haven't really, I don't think I've seen either of those movies. I don't think I've seen Armageddon. I'm like oh, thinking man. about it. I'm really thinking about it and I don't think I've seen it. Get I mean, it's so good. It's, it's subjective. Okay. I feel like women like it more than men. Why is that? there's definitely a core love story involved. Okay. Yeah. Between uh, Ben Affleck and Liv Tyler's character. But Bruce Willis! Uh, but Bruce Willis is in it, and he's great. He is great. <laughs> um, just the con- just the concept of, of sending a bunch of oil drillers to uh-huh. an asteroid meteor <laughs> to thing. To blow it up. To, to blow it up <laughs> so that it won't hit the Earth uh. and destroy Earth. That's, yeah, I definitely have never seen that movie. Like, no, we're not going to send, we can't train astronauts to do what you do. Jason, but we can train you to... to be astronauts. Oh, That's you weird. have to see it because, yeah. um. Billy Bob Thornton is also in it. Okay. He's, and he's amazing. He is and, great in it. uh, Lucius Malfoy's in it. <gasps> I forgot that he was in there, but you're right. Yes, he is. I, well. uh, why am I spacing on his name? We get to talk about him next Jason season in Harry Potter. Yes, yes. I really like him. There's and there's a lot of there's a lot of good people in it. Michael Clark Duncan's in it. Yep. <gasps> wow. I love him. Jeez, what this this cast is incredible. Uh, my my mom loves Michael Clark Duncan. Jesus. His his and character's name is Bear. That's Owen amazing. Owen Wilson's in it. Yeah. His his character's name is Bear. Bear. Uh, 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 Michael Clark Duncan. I mean, that seems appropriate. He's got like my favorite scene that he has is the very beginning of the movie. Uh. Bruce Willis's character is chasing down Ben Affleck's character, and he, uh, as Ben Affleck runs past Bear, he tells him like, you know, like, hey, like, stop him from chasing me, basically, like, yeah. get in the get in the way. And he has like this giant wrench that I've never I've never seen a wrench so big. It's wow. so big, and you could tell it's heavy as hell. Michael Clark Duncan just has it on his shoulder like it's nothing. That and makes sense. He gets in the way of of Bruce Willis, and Bruce Willis is like, "Get out of my way, Bear." He's like, "I'm just trying to give my man a head start." <laughs> and like, <laughs> so and the moves funny. out of the way. And I always thought it was so cute and funny. And I'm like, "Oh, he tried to help." I have to I have to watch that movie. It sounds it sounds like it's something fun. I would enjoy. It's fun. It's not great. Sure, but, but I, you know fun. I'm all for I'm I'm all for fun movies. Yeah. And like, oh, Ben Affleck singing "Leaving on a Jet Plane" is is super cute. Oh, uh, it should end a little bit sooner though. <laughs> it's, he sings it for a little bit too long, in my opinion. 
Yeah, so, like basically like the whole thing, like wow. pretty much. And everybody joins in. It ends up being this whole thing. But that's funny. The only scene that's kind of like gag worthy is like the animal cracker scene. Oh gosh, wait! It's down. just like come on, Under. like it, like you, you. I can do without this scene, but yep. Armageddon minute. No, oh, that's yeah. not Armageddon minute. <laughs> Victoria's shaking her head. I'm like, that's, like, not, no, that's not gonna happen. Oh, I don't I... think that movie's good enough to get like a minute by minute. I mean, treatment. I'm surprised at some of the movies that people decided to. That's true. Break up minute by minute. I mean, yeah. no, I don't think so. I, I mean, there's a difference between picking an obscure movie that still has like a cult following, and a movie that just kind of is unanim not unanimously, but like regarded as not necessarily a great movie. Okay, yeah. I understand what you're saying. Armageddon is regarded not that great of a movie, but, like... I think it would depend on the approach you have, right? Like, you could probably pick a really terrible... You could probably deliberately pick a really terrible movie as long as you're, like... As you own it, that is Yeah, terrible. if you're gonna have fun with it, and you're gonna, like, kinda... Yeah, you kinda have to just take ownership of the movie you pick. Yeah, as long as you like it, and you have the energy to put into it, other people like movies, too. It might not be yeah. the most popular, but people like it. And, like, yeah, if you have that passion, and you're willing to show that passion, like... You know, I've listened, there are a couple of minute shows that I've listened to where, like, I've only seen the movie maybe once because the hosts bring so much to that. Uh, it really makes a difference, I think. I don't know. I'm not proposing that, that Armageddon Minute should happen, but. No, I wouldn't yeah. have. My, my mom could tell you everything. Okay. We'll let your mom host <laughs> Armageddon Minute. Yeah, like, that would work. <laughs> As you said, you've met my mother. Could She's... you imagine if she did a podcast? She and my mom could do a podcast together. That's My mom does not get 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 along well with others. <laughs> She'll run her own show. You think I'm antisocial? Like my mom I don't is think like you're antisocial. I think I'm antisocial. I would say you're introverted, but I I think I'm in that same sense. No, I think I'm antisocial. You think so? Yeah. Oh. Uh, my mom is definitely antisocial. Like, I, my mom does not like people. She admits that she doesn't do like you, people. Do you think? Okay, so I have a. You know, because my mom, my mom was like a sorority girl and she like parties and like we have a Halloween party that I'm supposed to be going to this weekend. Um, do you think Ferris's parents like go out? Like, do you think that they have like a group of friends? Because how big their house is, I assume that they'd be kind of the kind of family that would hold dinner parties or go to dinner parties at other people's houses. You think so? Yeah. Yeah, they're probably like good suburbanites, you know, like probably like block parties and stuff. They do. They do. They, they do the things. Uh, they do the things. Yeah. I guess I could see that. I think that was everything I had for this minute. How are you guys feeling? Yeah, we get that little sweet kiss. We get that little sweet kiss at the very end. And then, uh... And then tomorrow we kind of, like, resolve the movie in a way. We get the last... We get almost the last Ferris tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. I know. I know. I, uh... I can't believe it. Thank you for being here with us, Crystal. Yeah. Uh, give everyone, let everyone know your plugs. Sure thing. You can follow me on social media at the Crystal Beth, and you can listen to my other podcasts on iTunes, The Fifth Element, and Unlimited Lives Radio. Hooray. Everyone go check those out because they are a lot of fun. I got to be a guest for a couple minutes of Fifth Element, and it was a blast. You guys yeah, are we had so much fun. 
Yeah. It feels like it's been so long since... Oh, we were just saying this off mic. It feels like it's been so long since I've talked to you, Crystal. <laughs> I know. This is fun. I know. Thank you for being here. Everybody else, go uh, go find us on Facebook and iTunes and Twitter and all of those things. Um, send us any of your questions. We're wrapping up next week. So actually, if anyone has any, like... Um, any last minute questions, we probably will do some like Q&A stuff during the credit sequence next week before we wrap up. And uh, so do that over on Facebook at the Save List, Save Ferris Society or on Twitter at Bueller Minute. And then come back tomorrow for Minute 90, Minute 99. Wow. Of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Donkey. Yeah.